are about to hear a life-changing message preached at the Kodesh Family Church in Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In Luke 5 verse 32, the Bible says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay continues the series on others. He preaches about the seven things Jesus did for others that we must do. Jesus lived for others. His sole purpose on this earth was for others. He loved others and he came to serve and not to be served. So let us listen into this anointed word and ask ourselves with Jesus Christ as our ultimate example, what can I do that I am not doing for others? Be blessed. together for Jesus. Lift up your hands before God. For Father, we want you to be the first person we speak to. We want you to be the first person we interact with. We want you to be the first to hear our voices. We want you to be the first person we think about. Our rising dream our sleeping thought Father for so long we have set you aside we do so many things before we come to you but as a church and as individuals set our priorities right again for your word says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added whatever we are chasing day after day May we chase you first. For David said, Early will I, you will hear my voice and I will direct my prayer to you. And after that, I will look up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. That makes Christianity lively. Not a chore, not boring. We pray for your anointing on this service. Break every yoke and set your people free to serve you like you told Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness alone with me. Welcome to the wilderness of God. Holy Spirit, settle us in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Clap for the Lord Jesus. You may please turn to somebody and say hello. Give somebody a high five. Give somebody a smile. Amen. And may you please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tell somebody, I'm looking beautiful. Am I not? If the person does not respond, say, say, don't worry. I know it already. Because the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse number 14, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. However God made me. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. If you are afraid of being, God says I'm wonderful. So it depends on what you look at. 
And the Bible says, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows it right well. Yeah, God's works are marvelous, and I am aware of the fact. Never tell yourself your stomach is not looking nice again. Never insult your ears as too long again. Never tell your eyes you are like a Chinese girl again. That's your best you. And God didn't make a mistake. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Always remember this scripture. Otherwise you walk depressed because people are not kind with their words. Yeah. All right. Now, we want to just go. Next week is Swollen Sunday. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Swollen Sunday means it is the day, it's not just a day of activity, a day to remind ourselves of what we should have been doing week after week. That is bringing people to Christ and making others love God the way we love God. Bringing others to the saving knowledge of Christ. It is Easter next week. Yes. So next week is Good Friday on Friday. Did you know that? Next week Friday is Good Friday. There's no bad Friday, but this one is exceptionally good. Because that's when the greatest gift was given away to you and I. For Christ came to die for your sins and my sins. And once a year we celebrate that. And so on Friday we're going to be in church at 7 p.m. Someone say 7 p.m. For Good Friday service. All right, that is, a, uh, you know, um, the saints on the cross and to celebrate, you know, um, it, 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 we're going to be wearing black and red, you know, anything black, anything red, you know, to, black means to, to signify our, our um, celebration of, you know, when somebody dies and it's real. You go, you mourn, you wish you would, Jesus would have stayed here for longer. But we join with the red because the blood which testifies of what he did, he shed his blood for us. So as we celebrate, as we mourn, we also are consoled with the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ set us free. Hallelujah. So that's why we do that. And on Sunday, we do the same. The Resurrection Sunday. Do we wear white or white on the Sunday? Okay, so remember that. And uh, on the Friday, this Friday, it's a big miracle service. How many watched the floor at seven? Many of you were there. Many of you were there. More than half the church were there. And uh, next week, it's on again. It's every day, seven o'clock on the Zoom. We join up. And this I mean, morning was so powerful. We prayed. You know, Joe Bible says that God had put a hedge around him. And Satan challenged God. And the head was open, and we all saw the problems that came to to Job. Children dying, his business collapsing, he being sick with boils. Now, all these afflictions that beset us, disappointing, persistent attacks and problems, sometimes it's a sign that the hedge is broken. And this morning, our prayer was the Lord block every opening and access loophole of the devil. Yeah, and we prayed against every um, persistent attack. And we prayed against pronouncements against our lives, you know, 
that harasses us. Harassments and troubles and disturbances. Very, very powerful. And deliverances took place. People had testimonies. You know, for example, I remember when I was a child, one of my relatives told me, you will never amount to anything. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it disturbed me a lot. But the voice of the Holy Spirit told me, no. You have the power to negate these things with your proclamations of faith. And I began to proclaim and to nullify and to neutralize these things. But it will never come to pass. Do I look like I've amounted to nothing? Whatever anybody said to you, you must negate it with your prayer and proclamation and pronouncements and confessions of power and of anointing. Say amen, somebody. See, some of you are sitting there when I say, it will happen to you if you don't say amen. Say amen. Bible says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Proverbs 18, 24, uh, 21. Life and death. Whether you have life or you have death. Somebody saw a pimple in the face. Everybody sees a pimple. You just break it open and you kill it. He just kept saying, oh, that is my cancer. That is my cancer. And you know what? He kept saying this and it became a cancer. Watch your words. Amen. So Friday is Good Friday, but the biggest thing is that there's a miracle service that's, that's taking place at our headquarters in Ghana called Good Friday Miracle Service. Oh, please clap for the Lord Jesus. It's one of the biggest gatherings, and it's known that people have connected to this and received a lot of miracles. So it's going to be taking place, you know, and I want all of us to tune in on Friday we will send you the link, and it's 3 p.m. Greenwood Meridian Time, GMT, all right? Okay, so try and tune in. We'll send you the link. We'll send you everything. You can tune in and have faith in God to have your miracle. In the realm of the Spirit, there's no distance, okay? So you can receive a miracle right here. So it's Good Friday service, a very powerful service. Many healings have taken place over the years, and it's your time for your healing in Jesus' name. So in our homes, we'll come together, we'll send you the Zoom, we'll watch together, and then we will come here and have our festival. Is it a festival of seven? No, no, that is Christmas. Um, Saints on the cross. And we will celebrate the life and the beauty of Christ's death. But today I want to share a very important message with you. Someone say important. Last week we started talking about others, and I want to finish today. Someone say others. Others others. Now, do you realize that anybody in this world who lives for themselves, they are not fulfilled? Now, when we talk about depression, depression is an illness, medical illness, is also a psychiatric illness, and it's also a condition, a disorder that we usually call loneliness. Loneliness. Loneliness is a side effect sometimes of selfishness. Yeah. You realize that most people, when they are depressed, they don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to have anything to do with anybody. And sometimes there's an evil spirit. Bible calls it the spirit of heaviness. Heaviness. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like getting up. You don't feel like talking to anybody. You shut off your phone. And people have been known to be depressed. And they sat in their homes. They were not sick with cancer, with heart attack, they just sat in, locked themselves, and died of hunger. 
Depression kills. Loneliness kills. And God, in his wisdom, has given us Christianity, which is a, a religion, religion for others. In fact, unlike other religions, Christianity is not a religion. Christ, a religion, do you know what a religion? A religion is mankind's efforts at reaching God. I'll say it again. A religion is man's efforts at reaching God. But Christianity is God's efforts at reaching man. Clap for Jesus. God's effort. Desperate effort to the point where he killed. He, not he killed. He gave up his only son to die for that sake. And it is his attempt at relating back like it was in the garden. So God wants relationships. God is about others. God is about others. And Christ died for others. Christianity is a religion where the, 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 the founder of the religion died for others. But unlike Christianity, the Muslims have taken over the sacrifice. They are the ones who die. For others. Yeah. Do you know that Muslims, when they go and they kill them, they say they are dying for others. They say they are dying because we are the infidels. They call us the infidels, right? Let's go and kill them, even if we die. At least we kill the infidels. 9-11 was a religious war of people who were making sacrifices. But you know, Christ didn't call us to die for others. He called to live for others because he's done the dying. It is up to us to live for others. That's what Christianity is about. It's about living for others. Anybody who is here who lives just for yourself, you are not a Christian. You haven't begun to live the life of a Christian. Real Christian life, what is Christianity? Christ-likeness. Christ-like. Be like Christ. Become like Christ. Live by Christ. Today I'm going to explain to you how to be a Christian, how to be Christ-like, and what Christ did for others. And what you can do for others. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 through 4. New Living Translation. Last week we read it. That is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any benefit, any encouragement? Should we be encouraged? Look, I'm happy. I'm encouraged because I'm belonging to Christ. In other words, what's the benefit? What's the use? What's the advantage to belong to Christ? Is there any benefit? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort, comfort from his love? Him loving us, does it comfort us? Have we felt it really well? Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? In other words, what Christ did, has it made us more spiritual, more comforted? Are your hearts tender and compassionate because of what Christ did? Does it move you? As Easter is coming, we're going to have the um, Easter eggs and bunnies and all that. It's not about that. Do you know what the Easter eggs and bunnies are? It's a sign of fertility. It's a Christian celebration. It's not a paganistic thing. 
the Christians, they used it as a sign of, of, of becoming fruitful because of what Christ did. It was not a depreciation. It was an appreciation. He died. It's like it sinks. He's been lost. But because of that, we are becoming fertile, fruitful, affecting others for Christ. When he died, the day he died, the last time he went up, he met 500 people. He told them they should go and wait in the upper room. And only 120 people were there, except, apart from women and children. Where did the 380 go? They had already backslidden. Yeah. So at the time he died, perhaps there were 120 solid Christians in the church. But look, even our church has more than 120 members. Clap for the Lord Jesus. It means that Easter has brought fruitfulness. And that is because of the principle and the concept of others. Christ died for others. We must live so that others will also live because of his death. Others. Is there any consolation in Christ? Is there any encouraged comfort? Are we, watch the person sitting by you. Are you a selfish Christian or you're a Christian like Christ? You are, are you like Christ or you are not like Christ? No, no, seriously. Ask yourself, which aspect of, of your life is when Easter comes and we lift the bunny, a sign of the eggs. Women have eggs, fertility. Rabbits are the most fertile. Both of them are signifying the fruitfulness. You Okay. No, seriously. And most Christians are selfish Christians. Like most, when I say most Christians, including this church, except you. Say amen. amen. Someone say, except me. If it's a lie, just do the right thing so that it changes. The Bible says, if there's indeed, you have, your hearts have become tender and compassionate towards others. Then, verse 2, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another. Loving people. Loving the unbelievers enough to cause them to come to Christ. Loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. And what is that purpose? That's what I want to explain today. Please sit up. Sit up. Yeah. With one mind and one purpose. What's the purpose of this Christianity? Why were you born again? So that you go to heaven alone? Just like you're the only person in your family who has gone to school and you are not helping anybody to go to school? Just like you're the only person who has a car and you relish in it. You're not even buying a car or giving your car to others and buying a new one. One mind and one purpose. And this is it. Don't, the mind of purpose is this. Don't be what? Selfish. Somebody say, don't be selfish. That's what the Bible is saying. It says, that's a purpose. Don't live a selfish life. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now, that's where he explains what Christianity is. 
and it starts in verse 5. It says, you must have the same attitude. In fact, the New King James says, have the same mind of Christ. Have the same mind, the same attitude, the same purpose that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as a something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges for the sake of others. He took the humble position of a servant or a slave and was born as a human being. He appeared in human form. He left his heavenly abode and came. He left. Is there any comfort in Christianity? He left his comfort and came to the earth for you and I, for others. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking you up to you about what um, Jesus did at Easter. So that when we come at Easter, we will live the purpose of what he did. We'll be here with people who can enjoy what the blood was shed for. There are people, even when you say that join the choir, not even for, just to make others encouraged. Join the dancing, just to make others encouraged. You have an attitude. Join the cleaning team. Sometimes I watch, I said, oh Lord, you gave your life to us. You died. We should just live to serve you. I wish I could do everything. I'll do it. I wish I could be the one cleaning, the one welcoming people, the one playing the instruments, the one dancing, the one being the film stars. If I could divide myself, I'll do it. I'll do it any day. Any day by the grace of God. I, I'm telling you for real. Only I am not as talented. Don't laugh. You are the one who's talented. Keep laughing. You laugh at the wrong side of your mouth. Yeah. Therefore, because of his selflessness, therefore God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declares that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know, when you live for others, God will cause, will live for you. Will elevate you, to promote you, to honor you. Watch anybody who lives. Bible says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace. So what did Jesus Christ do? You know, sometimes they say, copy this person. But you don't know what to copy. Should I copy his dressing? Should I copy the way he speaks? Well, let me break it down for you. As it relates to Jesus' life for others, what did he do that we need to copy? Well, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the next verse, verse 38, Jesus answered and spake unto them again the parable, saying to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. 
And on these two commandments hands all the law and the prophets. Ladies and gentlemen, what it means is that if you can love God and love others, you will have, you would have fulfilled, you may not even read the Bible. Yeah. The whole Bible is about loving God and loving others. That's it. In other words, God is saying, if the whole law and the prophets, that's the, upon these two commandments hangs the law and the prophets, the Bible. It's about loving God and loving others. So when you come to church, you are saying, I, will, I love God, but do you love others? And God is so not excited about just loving him and not loving others. So to the point where he says that if you love me, you say you love me and you don't love your fellow man. Forget it. You don't love me. Don't even come. So much so that he says, if you have a problem with somebody and you come to church, you are a hypocrite. If you don't speak to somebody, you have a problem with somebody and you come and you have the biggest tithe and offering. When you come to the altar, don't give me, I won't take it. Go and make peace with that person before you come. Reconcile because otherwise it's useless. Because Christianity is about others. And here you are coming fighting others and embracing God. Where is the truthfulness, the sincerity? What hypocrisy? Not you, but they didn't come. Someone said they didn't come. So Jesus said, no, I don't like this. Love your neighbor as you. Love others. Don't just love Christians. Love who are, people who are not Christians too. Yeah, love them. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came to bring the sinners to repentance. If Jesus just lived in the temple, he learned from the temple, but he lived his life. Most of his life was outside the temple. That time I said, one day I'm going to put here. When we get our new building, by the grace of God, clap for Jesus. I will put there as we are leaving. Not as you are coming, as you are leaving. I said, welcome to church as you are going. Do the church out there. Jesus came in this world to teach us to love others the way we love ourselves. All human beings love themselves, but it is time to love your neighbor as well. Your neighbor represents others, others outside of your life. Others are the people whom God has called for you to care for. Yes. A life of self-love is the lowest kind of life. I'll say it again. A life of self-love is the lowest kind of life. Because at depression, you are the lowest level when you are depressed. You think so base about yourself. So I'm good for nothing. I should die. Well, that's why people kill themselves. Yeah. Now, the selfishness goes so much. You become self, so self-centered, self-driven, self. And then now, all the self things don't mean much to you. You said, no, it's not enough. It's not worth it. And they get into themselves to the point where they kill themselves. Yeah. One of my friends told me, I'm not good enough. Nobody will take me. Nobody would do this. I said, what is it about? Try others. He killed himself. Seven things Jesus did for others that you must do practically. Number one, Jesus thought about others. Jesus thought about others. The scripture teaches us to think about others. How many people think about the blind? About the deaf? How many people think about the cripples? How many people think about the beggars? 
To meet someone who even thinks about others is an unusual thing. People think about their children. The closest they go to others, my child. They're my child, my life, my business. Don't come into my business. Don't talk about my child. Don't talk about my car. Don't talk about my pastor. Really? My, my, my. What about his? What about his? What about thinking about how others feel even? It's all about, do you know how I feel? Do you know how it makes me feel? It makes you feel true. Forgiveness will never come until you think about how others feel. Wow. True. Do you know what forgiveness means? Give for. Give for. Forget about the way it is written. Forgive. It's give for. Give for. And if you want to extend it for those who don't deserve. Yeah. So, it is so true. That's what I read. Jesus lived, thought about others. Bible says in Leo, I mean Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, King James. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Think like Jesus Christ. Jesus thought about others. You to think about others. Your life is about your business. Some people, when I tell them, for example, come and serve the Lord. I have business. I have this. I have, I'm in school. I'm in this. I'm that. Listen, tell me tell you something. When you finish school, what will you use your, school, use your schooling for? For others. Until others, you draw to others to serve with what you have. It will not benefit you. Even your beauty that you have to dress so much. It takes you so long that when they say, come and clean, because of the clothes you are wearing, you wore it for others. Because when you are alone, you take off your clothes. Should we put a camera in your room? You are not dressed like this. You are dressing for others. Yeah. Some of the wives, the way they dress. Then when they are going out to their boss, to the outside, I said, look at you. But when you come home, you look like a caricature. You wear fishnets on your hair. Why don't you wear the fishnet to your office? I'm the one who married you. Put the ring on your finger. When you are not working, even the fishing net, I bought it. And I deserve this. Ladies and gentlemen, most spouses don't think even, most people who are married don't even think of their spouses. Think of themselves. The best marriages are the people, the marriages who think about the others. What can I do to make you feel better? What, that's the most fulfilling Think others. Yeah. Think others. The happiest people. Yeah. When you get to work, think about how the boss feels. How the boss will think others. As you are here, think about others who don't have Christ. Bible says because Jesus thought that way, he was given a name above all names. Think about others. You are eating, you are full. Others are hungry. Think about the hungry. Think about when you see a beggar on the roadside. You said you don't have money. You're going to a home. Your fridge is stocked. Your refrigerator is stocked. You just bought some McDonald's and everything. It's okay to take 
not a coin. Let me bring a coin. It's okay to take the $20, the $50 and give. I'm telling you. You'll be so blessed. Think, if it was you, how would it be? What would you love your neighbor as yourself? Others. It's because Christians don't think about others. That's why the churches are not full. Think others. Many of you, as Swollen Sunday, your Basenta leader has spoken to you about bringing five people. What have you done about it? Work on it. Others, think about it. Think about it. Think about Brother Michael. When we met Brother, I came here and I met Brother Michael. Brother Michael was not a believer. Today, he's encouraging us and preaching to us. Brother Spencer didn't have this stomach. He was never going to church. Sister Devonia, who is this, was not either. All of them. But I came here, but I thought about them. I chased them. I ran, visited them, talked to them, helped them, prayed for them, thought about them. Thought about their relationship. Told them, marry. When they married, told half. I showed them how to have children. Okay. I, said, I didn't say have anything. I said, have children. You are thinking I was going to say they have the other thing. No, but the road, the bridge to having children too is there. I told them, yeah. I told them. I told them, stay together. Use the Bible. Have a beautiful. Look at them today. Think about others. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Think about others. Number two, Jesus came to this world for others. Do things for others. Number first one is think about others. Number two is have a vision for others. Hope. Do you get what I'm saying? Even write notes for the sake of others. Yeah. Come to the church for others. He came. He came to this world for others. Jesus was in a beautiful... When God was creating them, he says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Who was he speaking of? Jesus. He was with Jesus. Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. That was Jesus Christ. Revelation 19, verse 13, Bible says he had a vesture dipped in blood. And a name was written upon his forehead. His name was the word of God. That was Jesus Christ. The word. He had his comfort. He said in John chapter 14, I go to a place and I go and prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many mansions. It was not so, I wouldn't tell you. But I am coming to prepare you that where I am, you may be also. He was comfortable. I know some people who are here who are not even Americans by your birth. Yeah. If we actually investigate your background, like me, my background is not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. But by the grace of God, although my background was not easy, God gave me an easy brain by the grace of God. And I studied, became a physician. And I wanted to specialize so we didn't have it in Ghana, so I came here to specialize. God has given me an opportunity to be here. So I came here for myself. Since I came here, look, even my sister's daughter is here. Another one of my sisters is here. Somebody else has to live on me. Yeah. You've got a nice job. You bought one car. You bought two cars. Now you're going to buy three cars. Meanwhile, your brother doesn't have a car. What about him? What about him? Is it all about you? 
You are about to go to heaven. You come into the church. You came for yourself. You've written the notes. You've never shared the scriptures with anybody. Others. What are you doing the work for? Many of us, you will realize at a point, you don't need to work again. You keep working for yourself, not for others. Even God, when you work and you have money and they say, give tithe. No, no, it's all about me. It takes selfishness not to pay tithe. Others. Even the others now, God is an other. You don't know, stay out. It's me, myself, and I. Tithe 10%. God, you don't deserve it. Did you work? Others. What are you living for? Why are you here? Why did you come to church? For yourself, even for yourself, you don't read. Others. When I learn a scripture, I share with you. Others. Yeah. When I pray and I have these prepared, I prepare so I can help you. Yeah. Rehearsal is for others. You must be able to do things for the sake of others. Oh no, I can't come on Saturdays. I'm busy, I'm busy. Well, make time and sacrifice on Saturdays so that you can rehearse for others. Or stay after church for others. People are so selfish. Pastor, if you go the extra, even 10 minutes, I won't come next week. Others. Oh yeah, that's how people think. You'll be surprised. Jesus, not so much. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll take the discomfort. Others. People are consumed with the needs of their spoiled and overfed selves. Even pastors. Preoccupied with having, you know, weddings and other things. What about the outside? That's why every center is supposed to do outreaches this week. Suppose we're going to be praying. This week we're fasting for others, for souls. On Monday, 5 to 6 a.m., join the prayer, not for your own needs. We'll be praying for others to be saved. 5 to 6 o'clock in the morning, every day. Yeah. And in the evening, 7 to 8, your shepherd will lead it. Those who come in the morning, come in the evening. Just for these five days, for others. Clap for Jesus. John 10 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, says Jesus, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I came so that they'll be free. I came so that they'll be free. I came to Memphis because I had a job. But I did not selfishly just stick to my job. I made myself available to you. Look at the beautiful Christian heart that you have developed. Others. Others. Do the same. I copied Jesus. I don't live here. I don't come from here. You do. I came from New York. Yeah. My original, my children were born in New York. New York, the city so great, they named it twice. New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, I left New York to come to Memphis. I said, Memphis? I love Memphis. I am a full born. When Memphis Grizzlies or Tigers are played, my heart is beating like I was born here. Because this is my home. I would rather be here than anywhere. Clap for Jesus. Because this is where my family is, brother. Michael is my family. 
leave the people around. One day God will ask us, when he brought you to Memphis, what do, who did you live your life for? When he brought Jesus from heaven to here, he lived his life. Died for them. Others, somebody say others. Number three, Jesus loved others. So the first one is Jesus thought about others. Number two, Jesus lived for others. Number three, Jesus loved others. He loved others. Bible says that Jesus is the Lord. It's God. So John 3:16. For God so loved the world, which is others, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then John 3:17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through Jesus, through him, might be saved. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent not this Christian hope, this brother hope, this sister Sion, to condemn the world. Oh, these were the unbelievers. Look at what they are doing. A man is kissing a man. If we had spoken to them, perhaps they wouldn't do that. Look at the guy stealing. He didn't send him into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send him to the church to condemn the world. The world is terrible. It's a bad place. It is because of the selfishness and the inactivity of the Christians. Have you forgotten that somebody loved you enough to tell you about Christ? Have you forgotten that once upon a time, somebody came to speak to you? Have you forgotten so soon? You haven't even grown any gray hairs in your armpit and you're forgetting. Once upon a time, somebody did. Have you forgotten that once upon a time, you were a child, you didn't even know how to wear clothes. Somebody close to you. Have you forgotten what others did for you? It's time to live for others. It's time to love others. Love is of God. Love does not condemn. Love includes. Love makes a way does not condemn, but through you, but he came not, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we say we are Christian, Christ-like, people are so selfish, very selfish, and I've seen it in the church. Tell somebody to do something. You see the face they'll give you. Sometimes I look at them and say, look at them, look at them. Not you, but them. Listen, if you don't live, learn to live a selfless life, you will struggle at the workplace, in your marriage, in school. I'm telling you, most people that have difficulties with relationships are selfish. Yeah. Selfish people are also self-centered. Self-greedy. Greedy, self-engrandizing. Yes, it's true. And many are also insecure. Jesus was not insecure. A life lived for others. Love others. Love others. Most people who can't love others cannot be loved also. It's true. Yeah. They cannot be loved. Any relationship, most of the problem comes when people who are selfish are asked to love. They can't love. And they can't receive love. They can't. 
try. I'm giving you a challenge. Try to love others. Live your life for others. Start it. It takes nothing from you. It builds your life. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And it's true. Learn to give. The Bible says there's he that withholdeth more than is necessary, but rather leads to poverty. But there's he who scatters and yet increases. Watch anybody who is a giver, who is a helper. The people that you like, you watch it. The people you like are the people who live for others. Most of you don't like selfish people. But you've forgotten that that includes yourself. <laughs> I'll say it again. Look at the people you like the most. They are selfless. I'm not talking about your daughter or your son. That you have, it's even chickens like their children. Do you get the point? I'm not talking about your child or your mother. When you like the one who gave birth to you, you haven't done anything. It's a biological response. It's not a spiritual, it's not a maturity test. It's, it's a reflex. It's normal. I mean, bring a dog. They will bite you if you come near their child. So we haven't done anything. But watch the person. That's why I said, when we get to heaven, the stepmothers who have been lambasted and criticized, they will be sitting on thrones. Biological mothers will not. Because stepmothers have been tried. They've lived for other people's children. They may not have done right, but they tried. They tried. Who are you taking care of that's not your child? Who are you serving that has no benefits for you? That's the test of real love. Agape love is called love unconditional without any response. Yeah. That's love. Not the love that you get responses. Not the love that when you do, you get response. Oh, yeah, I'm raising my child because that's my child. I can point and say, that's my boy. That's my girl. It doesn't make any a good mother is not necessarily a good person. I'll say it again. A good father is not necessarily a good person. Don't assess your goodness by the way you take care of your child. It's good. Some people don't take care of their children at all. I'm saying that take the goodness that you've learned from taking care of your child and now start doing it for other people's children. Pay somebody's school fees. Let, some, take, let somebody ride in your car every morning to church. Get somebody out there on the road to church and see. That is love. For God so loved came to others. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, And God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why the last time we said we're doing friends and family day, I said, no, it's friends, family, and enemies day. <laughs> Invite your enemies. Others. 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 This week, the love of others will be tested as you walk around and see unbelievers. Who is going to follow you to church on Sunday? Others. Number four, Jesus served others. 
So the first one, Jesus thought about others. Second one, Jesus lived for others. Third one, Jesus loved others. Fourth, Jesus served others. He came to serve. He came to minister to others. He thought about others and came from heaven to serve or dish out God's love and God's power to others, not like himself. Because others are not like him. We are sinners. We are corrupted. We are some way. Jesus is righteous, holy, but he came to live for people not like himself. Not like himself. The way people live for people, they are not like him. That's not my type. The other time, someone said, that's not my type. Somebody said, the way you are talking to, if it wasn't for church, I wouldn't allow somebody like you to talk to me that way. Are you my type? As a person, by the way, what's your type? What is your type? Who typed you? I said, die right now. You will see that your type belongs to the cemetery. Not even the cemetery to the ground. If we think that way, we'll love others. We'll live for others. We will serve others. Serve. Jesus served others. Matthew 20 verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to minister, not to be ministered to. You see, when you're in this church, the people that are ministers are the people that are like Christ, the people who serve. Where do you serve? Are you a cleaner? Some people, when they finish, they pick up their bag. You, you should see them. I don't even, I don't even, I don't she says, no, let me serve. Listen, what I'm telling you is going to make you like Christ. I'm telling you honestly. Just sacrifice a part of your life for the sake of others. You are too busy about self. Your life was made for others. Listen, your eyes were made to see other people's problems, not your problems. Your eyes were made to see others. Have you seen your face before? I'm not talking about mirror. No, you haven't. Why? God made your eyes to see the problems of others, to see the emotions of others, to see how others feel, to see when somebody's crying for you to see it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He gave other people's eyes for you. When you serve others, others will serve you. When you give to others, others will give to you. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Do you know what your bosom is? What your passion is will come to you. Your bosom, your heart area, what you hold dear will come to you. My life has not been lived for myself for much. One day I was praying and I prayed and I prayed for a long time. And the Lord remembered me, you haven't prayed for yourself. I said, oh, but everything I wanted came without prayer. Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 4, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. When somebody thinks about the Lord and about others, you don't even pray. Your desires are fulfilled. Others. Others. The world is full of selfish people, eh? Very selfish people. People don't help others. Number five, Jesus lived for others. Number six, Jesus helped 
others. Helped others. How God anointed Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Doing good to who? Doing good to who? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. When God is with you, really, others come around you and they say, Ah, I found her. I, it's, you know, some people may never read the Bible. But by your lifestyle, your giving, your kindness, your forgiveness, your love, that you'll be the biggest Bible they ever read. You know why the word of God is called Christ? Because God is described in two ways. Jesus in physical, Jesus in the word. Nobody has seen God, but we've seen God in Jesus as he has ministered to us and in the word as has been describing God. Kindness is the factor of Jesus. Gentleness, love, the fruits of the spirit. He helped others. Who are you helping? Who are you helping to grow in Christ? Even at your Basenta meeting, they call a Basenta meeting, just come with your smile and encourage other people. No. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus helped others. Jesus himself was well and not in need of healing, but he healed others. I'm sure I know a lot more scriptures than you. Perhaps I don't need this scripture because most of the scriptures, as you can see, I'm quoting without even reading. But I'm using it to help you. This is what I can do. If I could dance, I will dance. What can you do that you're not doing? Some young people that can say, want to help with the children. I said, well done. I want to help shake people's hands. Well done. I want to clean. Well done. I want to dance. Well done. Do it. There should be nobody here who does not serve, who does not help. And let our help not be just for church folk, be outsiders as well. Let your help not just be for your family. Even animals have families. We are better than animals. We are greater than animals. Oh, you are more elevated. God has given you instincts and, and talents and graces far better than your biological self. You know, help is not a biological product. Help, helping people, serving people, is a decision of maturity. Yeah. That's why it's when you grow up that you give birth to people. When you grow up that you feed others. When you grow up that you help others. It's a sign of maturity. Help is a sign of maturity. People who don't help, it's a sign. Children are the, one of the most selfish, selfish people. Did you know that? My toys, my room. Don't touch my thing. They can't even tell their parent, don't come to my room. My room, really? Did you pay any rent? Did you build any house? Don't come to, have you heard it before? How many have you heard it before? Don't come to my room. Don't come to my room. They are in tantrum and they shut it. Don't come to my room. Don't touch me. Don't touch my food. Don't come in. Don't open my door. I came to my child one day. I was very hungry, came from work, and three of them were eating. And I went straight for the bowl of one of them. And I just took it. No, daddy, no. Daddy, took it away. I want to a second one. No. Then the third one presented his plate to me. I took one morsel of food. And I drank a little sip of the. And I looked at them. Then, 
before long my wife came with everything else that he had served before he served she served them I had the biggest of meat the biggest of bottles everything that was much better than them she put it in now I was serving myself everything they had finished cleaning their plates and they wanted more I said no I called the third one who gave me the plate come sit by me take dish out of this my big beautiful bowl whatever you want the rest I will eat they watched that's how God treats us when you live for others you are served when you serve others you will be served you will be served Bible says that the liberal soul shall be made fat he that um, um, waters shall himself be watered clap for Jesus bring it up the liberal soul shall be made help others and finally Jesus died for others died for this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for many for others for the remission of sins second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 to 21 new living translation and i end with that second corinthians chapter 5 verse 16 16 to 21 new living watch this jesus died but he said because of my death live for others watch this so we have stopped evaluating others from a human standpoint people out there don't think just human at one time we thought of christ merely from a human standpoint how differently we know him now in other words when you see somebody look at the person's spirit where will he go when he dies will he go to heaven or hell that is the test we're going to have this weekend and whether you believe it or not christ has died for people now let them live the life for which Christ died. Bring up people. And this is it. He died for people. Watch what he says we should do. Next, verse 17. Now that you are born again, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ like you has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Your new life has begun. Why did Christ give birth to you? Watch this. Next verse. Verse 18. And all this gift is from God. It's a gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. Tell somebody it's your task. It's no longer Jesus' task. He's done his part. He's died. Now it's up to you to reconcile others. Verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of recon reconciliation, reconcilement. And what did he mean by that? Verse 20. He says, so because of that, we are Christ's ambassadors or representatives. God is making his appeal through you and I, brothers and sisters. We, when we speak for Christ, we speak for Christ when we plead to people, come back to God. Clap for Jesus. Come back to God. When we speak, God is making his appeal through us. There's nobody that God has. God only has Christians. God has just you and me. And when we speak for Christ, when we speak for, to others, we speak for Christ. Who died for us? When we say to them, come back to God. 
come back to God. I am speaking for Christ. How will Christ not help me? He died, but I have to live for him. I always say, me, I work to live, but I live to serve Christ. That should be your decision. And you watch your, how your life will be. For your marriage will be better. Your relationship with children will be better. Even your workplace, it will change. So we are ambassadors. This should never leave anybody's mind. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to the world through us. And therefore we speak for Christ when we plead with people. Come back to God. I pray that this Easter season, God will speak through you. And we will speak for Christ as we tell people, come back to God come back to God. Clap for Jesus. Come back to God. Rise your feet. Come back to God. Tell somebody, come back to God. Put your hand on your heart. You know, I'm seeing in the realm of the spirit, every one of you, there are angels helping you. Angels are going to help you as you go out there. You're going to meet people at your workplace. You're going to meet people at your uh, school. You're going to meet people in your neighborhood. You're going to meet people on the road. You're going to meet people at the mall. I hope we printed some things for them. And they are going to be, Jesus is going to speak through you. God will make his appeal through you. And you will be speaking for Christ when you say, when you say, come back to God. Tell Pastor Richard, I told him to make it four on one A4 sheet. Okay? I don't like this. Anyway, come back to God. Please put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. And speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I repent. Forgive me for being selfish with your gospel. Jesus thought for others. Thought about others. He lived for others. He loved others. He served others. He died for others. What about me, Lord? It's my time. I pray, Lord, put your emotion, your compassion in us. Your comfort, your consolation, your encouragement in people's hearts. Lord, we've been Christian church for so long, but we don't see fruits. We see rabbits having egg. Rabbits, rabbits being fruitful. We use the ban. We use the rabbit for Easter. It's time to think. When we are going to look for the Easter eggs, we ask ourselves, where are our eggs? Where are our fruits? Where is our fertility? Where is our fruitfulness? Who have we spoken to about Christ? What is our use as a church when we don't help your cause in the world? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help all of us. Now, if there's anybody here today, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ somebody invited you or you've been coming to church but you have not given your life to Jesus you're not sure that if you die today you go to heaven or hell this is you I'm talking about you want to give your life to Jesus lift up your right hand wherever you may be you don't have to die and go to hell this message is about others you are one of the others and God is making his appeal to you through me don't die and go to hell. It's not worth it. It's so simple that people take it for granted. 
Bible says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ by confessing it with your mouth, this is your time. Don't leave this place and go. It's not worth it. You want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your chest, your right hand, wherever you may be. Wherever you may be. Now, let's all say this. Almighty Father, forgive us for our selfishness. This week, don't use the Easter egg. Use my eggs. Don't use the Easter rabbit or bunny. Use me to express fertility, to express fruitfulness. Let me reproduce after my kind. Through me, let five other souls come to know you. Help me, Jesus. Help me with your Holy Spirit. Anoint me. Break my heart with what breaks yours. Holy Spirit, let me cease from selfishness once and for all. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.